and welcome to the Addison Recorded, the official podcast of the Addison Recorder. I'm Gina Waters, uh, coming to you, as always, from the pod fort, and I'm joined by Meryl Williams. Uh, we write for the Addison Recorder, and today we are joined by a special guest. Hi, I'm Stephanie. Yay. I'm a friend. <laughs> Stephanie Seskin. She does have a last name. <laughs> Wait, are you in Wait, the witness protection program? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to cultivate a personality based on one name. An aura, oh. an aura of mystery? Yes. Are you going to make the S into a dollar sign? Uh, yeah. no, oh, already right. been done, <laughs> but I did want to also introduce our other guest. Oh yes. Yes. We are also joined today by Gosh, Jeebus and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the whole Trinity is here, but yes. don't let that influence you. No, never. <laughs> uh, so yeah, today we are discussing episode 11 of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy rides a bike. And when I saw the title of this, I was especially excited to have Stephanie as our guest because I thought it would be about riding an actual bicycle which is a thing that Stephanie really likes. <laughs> she doesn't actually get on her bike. Like, it's in the first, the opening scene. She has her helmet, and you can see her brightly colored bike, but then... No actual bike riding. Well, I think it refers bike. to the spirit cycle bikes, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Like, wait, what? Yes, we but did you put this together, right? <laughs> I am a bicycle snob, and those don't count. No, <laughs> no wheels, not a bike. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah. Um, this was a kind of crazy episode and there was a lot going on with it. Um, what were you guys' thoughts of, well, I guess Stephanie, what first we should ask you, like, what is your uh, take on like, not the show in general, but just like your familiarity with like the Tina Fey, you know, showcase. Of yes. Before. Yeah. Her, her canon. Yes. Work. Her canon. That's what I'm trying to think. Of. Um, Thank you. Well, obviously mean girls is my number one movie. Oh, that's true. You love mean girls. Love mean girls. <laughs> um, I have seen all of 30 rock, but I am not nearly as much of a fan as either of you. Um, I enjoy it very much. Uh, I loved her on SNL. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that she's a brilliant, wonderful woman and I admire her friendship with Amy Poehler. Ooh, we haven't really talked about that. Yeah. yeah. I was really hoping Amy Poehler was going to appear at some point. And if she does in the mm. last two episodes, don't tell me. <laughs> Man, I love Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. They're, a good, they're a good duo. Yeah. They're the only reason I watch the Golden Globes. Like, I yeah. really couldn't yeah. care less about award shows, mm-hmm. but I watch when they host together. That's true. They make it worth um, it. On the note of the Golden Globes, one of the writers on this episode uh, wrote with them for the Golden Globes. Oh, oh, I did my cool. research, guys. Look That's on my MDB. Good job. <laughs> you were too. Was, wait, that was... Um, no, that's, was it? That was... No, that was a different Sam episode. Means. Yeah, no, that's not what I was thinking. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so you, you come to the show with, uh, you know, with a lot of background, a lot of knowledge. So you've been watching the show. Um, did yes. you watch all of it at once or did you kind of space it out? I watched it all at the same time yeah. because you can watch three episodes in an hour. So why not why just not do spend that? Saturday morning doing it? <laughs> yeah, it has taken like, like an iron will for mm. me not to just plow through these episodes. Yeah. I, I binge watch everything if I can. Yeah, that's true. So it's yeah. very hard to parse them out. Yeah. <laughs> So probably the biggest thing in this episode is the big reveal of who plays the Reverend. Yes. John Hamm. He, so he's cameo. I've lost count because I don't think Richard Kind is coming back. I don't think so either. So I think we yeah. can go ahead, and, but I've completely lost. I think we're at like cameo seven-ish. There were a bunch in the one, the daddy's boy. Like all the, I can't even. Oh, I mean all those Broadway people. Yeah, yeah. I guess I count. So yeah, we're probably at like 
cameo like 12 or something yeah. at this point. I mm-hmm. also want to point out someone that you guys both missed last week. <gasps> yeah. We were told about this. Bill Hader was a bartender dressed as Dracula. I did not notice that. She showed me a screenshot of it. It's true. It's <gasps> they definitely snuck him it. in. Yeah. It's definitely. The day in. that I watched it that morning and I was Googling all day for yeah. someone else to confirm <laughs> that indeed. That's Bill awesome. Hader. Good, good eye. Yeah. I did not catch that. But yeah, so we're on John Hamm and his terrible beard wig, yeah. right? Oh, that was upsetting. real bad. <laughs> we knew true. we knew he was going to be the Reverend based on the voiceover mm-hmm. earlier. Um, but I was kind of disappointed he didn't look crazier. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, although I kind of I was thinking about it a little bit. Um, I was also wondering how they were going to make that part of this story funny because like that's you know that's pretty dark. It's like her bringing mm-hmm. her captor to justice or like the process of you know, going through that and kind of reliving some stuff. And I was like, that sounds really not fun. How are they going to make this funny? And the way they did it was making John Hamm this, like, charismatic goofball. But I feel like it's still, even though they make it funny, it's like they're still kind of playing with the idea of that he can be charming enough. And he uses all these, like, platitudes, and he's pandering to the gallery and talking about, like, small-town America. And I love when someone yells, Mellencamp. Like, (laughs) you know, it's and it's kind of like... That's how, like, a lot of, like, uh, abusive, controlling people, like, get away with stuff. It's kind of mm-hmm. talking about how, like, when you're the victim, you kind of get victimized twice, once by the abuser and then by the system. And it's, like, they're kind of touching on that in a satirical way so much as that you can yeah, <laughs> with a topic, right. like, like, topic yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it was very, you know, because he kind of wins the crowd over. And she has mm-hmm. to convince people that she was even the victim yeah. of something. Right. Which is disturbing. But that is kind of what happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And yeah. they also, I think, were able to deal with the dark subject matter by making a metaphor out of the spirit cycle mm-hmm. thing. Yes. And allowing Kimmy to sort of work through some of some of her feelings about being stuck underground in a bunker. Right. Um, by an insane charismatic man. Yep. By also having her go to several days day where they didn't leave, it seems like, right? They got there in the morning and just <laughs> didn't leave until the evening of spirit cycle classes yeah. where they're, you know, fighting for the attention of the charismatic Leader. man in the front. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Nick Kroll. Oh, Nick Kroll. Yeah. One of the best cameos so far. He is the best. Well, it's kind of Amy Poehler by extension. Oh, that's true. Her boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I always forget that. But I like how they do, like we talked about, I think in one of the very, maybe even the pilot about how Kimmy's experience is really more supposed to be like a metaphor for the like, the situations like most of us have never been in a kidnapped by a cult and held in a bunker, Mm -hmm. but everyone has like situations they need to escape. Like we were talking about in the pilot episode, like if you've left a small town or really like Mm -hmm. oppressive parents or an abusive asshole ex-boyfriend, like whatever, like everybody (laughs) has like something at some point in their life that they're trying to get out from under. And I think that's what her whole speech at the spirit cycle thing was about. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whether it's like your husband, like there's some dude who's like trying to control. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, it's like, I guess that's why I'm, I've actually seen a few like headlines again, didn't read the articles, but people <laughs> really have been criticizing the show for making light mm. of the kidnapping storyline and how it's like violence against women. And, but I've always seen the kidnapping as more of a metaphor. I guess I just never really took it that yeah. literally. literally. There yeah. was also an article about how, despite this being a half an hour sitcom was how realistic the experience is coming out of an, ex- like out of a cult that Kimmy isn't necessarily acting completely, like, ridiculously. But then 
I think in this episode, you also still see the other two, well, the other three women who are stuck in there and their responses. And I know you haven't, we're not getting to, uh, but at least two of them, this episode really talked about Mm -hmm. like the one who's still sort of suffering in that Stockholm syndrome of no, he's still a great guy. And Mm -hmm. the other who's just still working through it, Cindy, mm-hmm. and she yeah. was in an earlier episode too. So you see different perspectives of how people are getting through it. And I, yeah. mm-hmm. I think that adds uh, something to it that you wouldn't if it were just Kimmy's experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's interesting to me. Like I've watched a lot of documentaries about cults. It's mm. one of my most <laughs> topics that fascinates me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's very like how that happens mm-hmm. and, you know, that, but it's, it's interesting to me. They made the choice to have the women have been kidnapped because pretty much all the cult stuff I've watched, that's not how they get members. It's like, it's coercion. And yeah. you know, like we were talking about Scientology earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like telling people like they find people who are suffering in some way and they say, I can help you. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of a slow brainwashing. Like it's yeah. interesting to me that they went the kidnapping route instead of just yeah. coercion. I'm not sure that this is totally a cult because because of that aspect. Yeah, I don't mm. think it really... It's more of just a straight-up hostage kidnapping situation that That's turns true. into Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, the line that she has when she's at Spirit Cycle is something like, you know, you just kind of keep replacing one authority, like, one, one male authority figure with another. Like, he'll he'll say that he'll make you richer or prettier or safer mm-hmm. if you just let him make all the decisions. Right. And, and that's, that's why I think it's just a metaphor. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. it's... We're really supposed to dwell on the details of the cult or the bunker or whatever. Like, right. it's just sort of stands for something yeah Yeah, i totally saw a really like radical feminist storyline through this Mm -hmm. um yeah uh it's like a man's control over a woman's decisions Mm -hmm. and not even a necessarily just a woman because titus also realized that he had succumbed to this message but it's like Mm -hmm. the white man dominance over other people by Mm -hmm. being charismatic and being like really cocky about how smart they are. Yeah, that's mm. what I was not as elegantly as you trying to say about John Hamm. Like they tried <laughs> yeah. to make it because that is the rhetoric yes. that politicians, religious leaders, they try to just be like that person's the enemy. You know, you're all poor because of Kimmy. Yeah, and you know they try to make the anyone who disagrees with them the other. Yeah, and they're just yes. trying to be really charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my notes I wrote MRA for men's rights yeah. activists. Like his, John Hamm's arguments were just men's right activist of like, hey, shiny thing over here, which is like me singing yeah. American Pie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's saying American Pie and he's saying oh, purple, 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 purple people eater. eater. Purple. Yeah. yeah. But that song used to terrify me when I was a kid. Me too. I was like, that this is, is not for song. children. Like, this is not giving evidence to his case. Right. No. And he, he also said it was like about like Jesus or something. Yeah. Let me sing a little song. Yeah, let's sing about Jesus. Yeah. Flying one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. <laughs> um, but like, and this is another thing that I wrote, is there's just like a shocking amount of bullshit that they compress into pretty short statements that to be able to argue against them takes you six times as long. Yeah. Um, and so you never get to, because they're just like, oh, look at that shrill woman. Or mm-hmm. like yeah. those people who are crying racist all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just exhaust yourself and they're just yeah. Right. And yeah. it's also a lot of like the MRA stuff and, you know, frankly, racist people. They It's like they always say like, oh, do you just like being a victim? Like, is it right. just like for attention or whatever? Because they're like, you're always saying... Or is complaining about this or that. And it's just like, it just takes the air out of the argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly the Reverend Richard Wayne, Gary Wayne. <laughs> yes. I like the names that they chose. Yes. That's true. Yeah. 
Nice callback to actual terrifying Midwestern men. Yeah. yeah right. um, one thing. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of the Midwest, one thing I had to point out. Um, you know, they talk about six 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 as being the um, the date, the June six oh six. So six six six, like the mark of the beast or whatever. I don't know. This somehow did not get as as much press as it should have. But I want to say like seven or eight years ago, some biblical scholars or something re looked at that translation again and they realized they had mistranslated it. Yeah. And it's actually six one six is the number, oh. like from I think it's from Revelations or wherever that, that originally came from. 616 is the area code of where I grew up. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it so is. Yeah. it's, you know, southwest Michigan, the yeah. area, like, around Grand Rapids. And I remember an episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. They were talking about that. Mm-hmm. And they made a joke, like, so if you want to call the devil, he's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> and um, at that time, George W. Bush was there on a campaign stop. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and, like, later on, people made the connection. And they were like, they had to, like, say later, like, no, we weren't implying that George W. Bush is the devil. I thought that was interesting, like, the Midwest tie-in. Like, apparently, yeah, yeah. I'm from the devil's area. You're from the devil's area. Yeah. <laughs> so watch out for me. That's awesome. Um, another Midwest thing uh, was the Dale Earnhardt being the third set of footprints. Yes. <laughs> like, NASCAR just, to me, is so Midwest. Oh, God. Yeah. Especially Dale Earnhardt. Especially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because doesn't three. he live in Indiana? I think he has, like, some huge well, compound. I feel there. like I mean, Dale Earnhardt is dead. I want to... Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yes. Oh, right, right, right. Just want to be clear. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Oh, okay, no. Like, because Dale Earnhardt, he definitely died when I was at some point in school because, like, our neighbors, mm-hmm. and our direct neighbors, but people, like, on our road, they erected, like, a giant number three Happened and lit it up. in my town, too. Really? Yeah. I'm he very really glad to hear. really touched people's lives, and I was not part of that, I and was, I have no idea. I did, like, ask my parents, and they were like, we think it's this guy. Yeah, like, they were not totally clear on Yeah. Know. What's weird that I found out in my research is that he died in a race like his son was also racing in, and his son was in second place, and he was like vying for third. Whoa! Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, like up. that's yeah. totally yeah, that's that's real messed up. Yeah, Yikes. but good thing he's chilling with Jesus, putting yeah. some footprints on the sand. Now. Maybe it was Dale Earnhardt <laughs> Senior because he's with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I don't know enough about NASCAR to make this conversation. That's <laughs> why you got to do some Wikipedia research. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you got to stop the episode every two minutes. To yeah. Like, I got to look up my five references. Speaking here. of things we had to look up, yeah. um, the uh, soul, the spirit cycle, like, mantra, the Giacomo Finale. <laughs> I reckon that I had to, like, rewind. I'm like, did I hear what I thought I heard? And I was like, I know that song. I go, I go. Like, yeah. I was obsessed with that song when I was a kid. I did not realize it was on the Rain Man soundtrack. But when I looked up the video on YouTube and there's like scenes from Rain yeah. Man in there, I was like, mm-hmm. Rain Man soundtrack, you know, yeah. the cassette tapes. I was like, it's all coming together. I loved, awesome. I loved how they planted that joke at the beginning of the episode and then came to it later. Yeah. Although I will say that I was, maybe I'm in like a community mindset where I feel like they should have planted that joke several episodes ago yeah. to make it a real callback. Because <laughs> I feel like th- I really enjoyed this season, but that it wasn't planned out as well as mm-hmm. i expected it to be and yeah. i think some of that is network issues and then moving to netflix and right. i think they sense. wrote it seems like based on the references and the fact that the only callbacks are within an individual episode mm-hmm. it seems like they wrote this in kind of fits and spurts like a few episodes here and then a few episodes and you know it wasn't yeah. i don't think a cohesively planned yeah. out because that opening part could have been the episode before right yeah that's true yeah but it was yeah. so i was so I was kind of disappointed that I thought I was so smart, you know, 
catching the Ico Ico song. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell them that I figured this out. And then they straight up say it in the episode. Yeah. And in uh, Rain Man, his one of his lines is like, "I'm an excellent driver," yeah. <laughs> so that like connects back to the Dale Earnhardt. Piece. Oh, it really oh, man. does! My gosh, yeah. layers. This is um, like a- yeah, because the writers are really great on this episode. Because you have Sam Means, who uh, was a produ- is a producer on Kimmy Smith, was a co-producer on Parks and Rec, a story editor on Thirty Rock, hmm. uh, wrote episodes for Par- Parks and Rec and Thirty Rock, and has been a writer for The Daily Show for years. Dang! Yeah. And then the other yeah. writer is Allison Silverman, who is like an amazing goddess of comedy that no one knows because <laughs> she's a writer. Um, so she's a co-executive producer on Kimmy Schmidt, and she's also been a producer on The Office, Portlandia, and The Colbert Report. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. So she's written episodes of The Office and Portlandia, but she was the head writer for uh, The Colbert Report for a few years and oh. a writer for several years, too. And she was writing The Daily Show and for years on uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Wow. So she Jeez. is like that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, she is like a major, major comedy force. Yeah. Um, and there's a really cute article in the New York Times from a few years ago, and she got married. That's like has all the pictures from their wedding because, Aww. and like Steve Colbert was there, Aww. and then that's probably why they got <sighs> a much awesome. longer feature in the New York Times weddings. But yeah, yeah um, right. she just seemed like such a cool, awesome person, and she and her husband got married sort of late in life. And I'm like, there's still hope for me. Yeah. <laughs> Smart ladies unite. Yeah. 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 Smart creative women get married later in life. Yeah, it's I just like a it. fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, another thing that um, was very cleverly researched in this in a funny uh moment was tina fey as marcia clark yes as soon as i saw the wig i was like (laughs) i was like that must be a nod to marcia clark and then when she said her name was marcia i'm like oh my gosh these are the oj prosecutor and then he was like and i'm chris and i loved that what they're what they're going for here is like okay so let's say we want the most inept prosecutors (laughs) like for a man who has been violent to women Yep. And has a history of it. Mm. Who are the most inept ones? And then let's take that and see, like, what if they're romantically interested in each other? <laughs> yeah. And they moved to Indiana because everyone in California gave up on them. Gave up, yeah. Yeah, yeah was- I love just she, like, went to hold his hand. It was, like, the real reason why we're here is, like, to see where this relationship yeah. is. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. One thing for as, as well-researched as the show is, and I am trying to figure out if there's some reason for this, but why are the defense and the prosecution on the wrong sides of the courtroom? I didn't Indiana, even think about that. Did you notice that? In did Indiana, you? do they do it differently? Like, I know they don't believe in, like, time, what is it, daylight savings. Like, do they, does the <laughs> prosecution sit on the other side? Out the window. I was so confused because I was like. I didn't even notice that. I watch a lot of crime shows. So it's mm. like, to me, it's like, just it's just burned into my mind, like, where yeah. the prosecution is, where the defense is. So I was like, wait, hold on. Who's on trial here? <laughs> it's very confused. So I'm like. Is that just a mistake, or did they just... I'm guessing it has something to do with just blocking, like, the way they had to film it, and they're yeah. hoping people wouldn't notice, but... Uh, some, okay. some people some spend people a lot of time watching like court TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I really liked... Um, when Titus was trying to be supportive at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, oh, the trial is going on. He's immediately like, what channel is it on? It's like, oh, oh, no. I'm, I'm very sorry, but what channel is it on? Yeah, and just, he's like, like, cannot speak. Yeah, I'm trying to say something supportive. <laughs> like, but what channel is it on? Yeah, or, like, um, 
when he decided that he would come with her. Yes. He was like, so I can watch it without ads. I mean, because so I you're can my friend. watch it without ads. <laughs> yes, that's true. It was like intonation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah oh. that was great. I really liked this episode for Titus, too, because I feel like... I love that he has been an independent character, but I like that he's still independent, but part of the A storyline here. That's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they kind of gave him his own path within the A storyline instead of giving him some crazy, like he didn't go to Indiana and like get lost in a corn maze or some like totally like mm-hmm. separate yeah. thing. I think just would have been distracting. Yeah, yeah, he really showed a lot of empathy for mm-hmm. Kimmy in this episode because yeah. he fell for John Hand's tricks, and he's, like, sitting in the library, mm-hmm. which is also hilarious. Like, all of the scenes in the library when he walks in yes. and that guy and the, is on the computer looking at pictures of butts. <laughs> and I love Titus is a good, <laughs> also, tool for, like, when he's trying to find the trial, and he's like, there's so many kidnapping cases. Yes. Right. And I love when he's like, oh, not the one in the abandoned Bennigan's. Yeah. And he's like, what's wrong with you, America? Because they're yeah. all like, he says, like, he says what's on, wrong Florida. with you, Florida. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is even better. <laughs> and he's just like, there's so many kidnapping cases that he like can't find the right one, which is very uh, upsetting. Yeah. Way to go, America. Yep. <laughs> Love you, awesome. women. <laughs> um, there's also, I just have to point this out, uh, further evidence of Buckley being a sociopath. Oh, yeah. Find the, the crow's feet in his room. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. He yeah. might be a ticking time bomb. Someone might need to intervene there. Yeah. And like yeah. her response to that is like, if I just follow my bliss, I don't even have to think about that stuff. <laughs> Which is so great. I guess spirit cycle is better than like becoming like a pill popper, which I guess other like rich white ladies in Manhattan do. I don't know. Well, you saw her breakfast. Was, oh, yeah. Well, she didn't have her breakfast. That was so good. Um, but let's talk about Trista Faye for a few minutes. Yes. Um, that's true. So uh, I definitely have a huge thing for Nick Kroll. Like, I think that so he funny. is amazing and I find him very attractive as a man. He's, I, at first, I was like, did not understand like i thought he was funny but when i heard like he and amy polo were dating i'm like he must be really cool because i do not get the attraction that's kind of where i'm at right now so i need this but explained to me i like he like he had i started watching the kroll show <laughs> and it's just like i completely get it now really? like, and i know somebody who saw him in person i won't say who <laughs> and this person i won't even say if they're male or female says that in person he's really attractive or more attractive. Yeah, than I mean, just look be. at. Yeah. I feel like look at pictures of him just in his everyday life, and he mm-hmm. like looks like a normal dude. But then you also think about like how smart he is. If I was, if I met him, okay. like if I was friends with him, I guarantee I'd have a crush on him. Like oh, he's totally. smart, funny guys. I mean, I can't resist. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's really great. I mean, I think Will Arnett is a handsome man, but mm-hmm. I think that there's also the attraction to him is the the humor that yeah. he brings and oh, the cleverness. And so yeah. I feel Nick like Kroll- maybe spend a little bit more time with Nick Kroll and you'll get there. All yeah. right. I feel like Nick Kroll would be more fun to hang out with than Will than Arnett. Will Arnett. Will Arnett seems like someone who pays a little too much attention to his, his appearance, which That's I don't want to project or judge. I'm sure he's a lovely person, but Joke. he's always so like in shape and tan and quaffed and so teeth are so tan. white. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like a guy who's like not too well-groomed, like not mm-hmm. a slob. I like slobs. I'm into slobs. Yeah, <laughs> you should be into Nick Kroll. <laughs> I like, I'm in the middle there. He is there. so great. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was really disappointed, well, when it was revealed that he was, like, this kind of, like, paunchy dude sitting no. on the toilet. And I thought, yeah. like, so the, IBS is real. <laughs> the toilet joke I wasn't super into, but I thought it was hilarious when she turned the lights on and he's, like, his face is all gross yeah. and his hair is actually balding. receding. Yeah. And... 
that he's not actually like bicycling all day um, and that the candles are there because he smells. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought he was really brilliant in this role mm-hmm. and I'm sad that it was only one episode of Trista Faye because it I just know. seemed like such a great character yeah. to mine. Yeah. Meryl, you need to watch Kroll Show. It's on Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's three seasons. You really do have to start at the beginning because there's like through lines. It's sketch. Really? It's just sketches, but there's yeah. like, it's the same, like, it's hard to explain, but there's like storylines that follow through. And it's, oh, yes. okay. you also should explore the many podcasts that he has. Yes. Guested oh, on. okay. Yes. Yeah. And he's also funny on the league. Yeah. And I know like you like the league and I am not a huge fan. I think that's my only like, I only like to the him. league because some of my favorite people ever are on it. Like Nick Kroll yeah. and mm-hmm. Paul Shear and. Uh, Jason Mantzoukas, like, I just like the, if it was cast with anyone else, I would be like, no, not interested. Yeah. Because the subject matter doesn't interest me. Mm-hmm. It's also one of those shows where everyone's kind of an asshole, mm-hmm. but they're all so good that I get sucked in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Worth trying. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad it's on Hulu. That's good to know. Oh, one thing I was disappointed. I was kind of bummed that they went the Soul Cycle parody route because I really think the bigger cult is um, CrossFit. Yes. CrossFit oh, is the true. real fitness cult. People who get into that, like, that's all they think about. It's all they talk about. It's like a way of life. Mm. And the diet that goes along yeah. with it, too. The paleo, the paleo diet. diet. Oh, yeah. okay. So those tend to be linked together. Yeah. 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 It becomes like tend, like, they are deliberately linked. I've had oh, to, okay. like, hide people on Facebook because all they post about is CrossFit and paleo. And I'm just wow. like, yeah. I'm don't on Instagram. It's like your paleo food looks gross. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I'm not a cave yeah. person. I've evolved many levels past that. I will eat bread. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally into like the idea of fitness being like a fun kind of activity that has lots of different challenges and activities, mm-hmm. but, uh, well, CrossFit is like, scary. there's a lot of criticism of CrossFit and if you do it properly and if you have good, you know, a good trainer, I'm sure it's great for you. But a lot like, I heard the training to become like a trainer. It's like a weekend you go and like anyone can do it. And it's like, okay, you're certified to be a CrossFit oh, trainer. What? And there's a lot of like, I don't know. I read this article, um, which would be like randomly. I read, <laughs> I read a whole article, everyone. And it was some like former Marine who like tried to do CrossFit. And he was like, they basically encourage you to like lift really heavy weights as fast as you can. Like form doesn't matter. It just seems like an injury waiting to happen in my opinion. Yeah. Don't sue me. CrossFit. I, well, <laughs> my arms hurt. Yeah. I mean, like I went through physical therapy two years in a row very recently for knee surgeries that were one after the other um, that should not have been related. Um, And there's a lot of form that you really have to pay attention to when you're doing just like basic squats. If you're, yeah, if you're not, it's more important to do things slowly, carefully and properly than to be like, here, throw this kettlebell as high and as far and as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that feels very white man to me. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It's like, let's just get this done. Let's combine, let's cram two hours worth of exercise into 15 minutes. (laughs) But on the other hand, the soul cycle parody definitely appeals more to like the the feminine side yeah. of mm-hmm. exercise. And I actually think that I would probably be super into it because I like the idea of just forgetting about everything else in your entire life. Yeah. Um, for like 45 minutes. Yeah. That's what I do. I do, um, something called work. Have you guys ever heard of that? Is w- it W-E-R-Q? W-E-R-Q? Yeah. yeah, I've heard of it. I'm I don't know obsessed anything with about it. it. And I won't like talk about it cause I don't want to be accused of being in a cult, but it's just dance. <laughs> it's just dance. Like, I mean, it's good. so fun because you really just feel like you're having like a good time. It's like going to <laughs> <Yeah>. a party. <laughs> oh, well, that's how I feel about that's Zumba. Great. Yeah. yeah like, it's, it's just like Zumba, but the, really music bad is, at Zumba. the music is way better. That's oh. the reason I stopped doing Zumba because I hated mm. the music. <laughs> it's like 
reggaeton and yeah. stuff like that, and I just couldn't do yeah. it. I think the so the spirit cycle music was like what was that? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it was like I could. I got it. I was like, yeah, I could ride a bike to this. <laughs> yeah. But, it, yeah, it was, like, super. And then Kimmy's whole, um, like, I'm on a beach. And yeah. then when Cindy appears right. and it all, like, all turns on, on the fire. flames. And then she's, like, trying to bike away. Mm-hmm. Um, Get off my beach. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my beach is a great line. <laughs> um, and then when uh, she becomes first row bicyclist yes. instead of Jacqueline. Um, that was a good dynamic. That was really great. I love that power switch so much. Mm. And then the like, drink from my like drink yes. from my ponytail. <laughs> Taste your power. Yes. <laughs> and she was like, like on her knees, like just like washing over her. Yeah. Like, it was so cult like. Oh man, that's you know so funny. it was like the um when you get communion. Almost. Oh yeah, right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I just like that for once, Kimmy had something to lord over Jacqueline. And not that, I don't know, like, she doesn't angle to be in that position or anything, but it was just kind of fun momentarily to see that. Yeah, place. and I liked how they showed that Kimmy would be good at it because she spent so much time in the bunker oh being the table. Yes, like, you must have had an excellent <laughs> trainer down in the bunker. <laughs> yeah, that so it's like, good. it's such a, an interesting way that they deal with her past in the bunker, like... Her past as a, a girl growing up in Indiana who's then kidnapped and spends so much time in this mm-hmm. bunker um, and then comes out and is, like, trying to reconcile all three parts of her as a woman. And Yeah. I mean, she's about the same age as, as us. And I think yeah. she's older than you are, Meryl, because you're a baby. Ellie but. Kemper, um, at the, the, the real person, is, like, my exact same age. We were born, like, yeah. a month or two apart. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, in the birthday episode, she turned 29. No, she turns 30, doesn't she? Oh, you're right. She just Yeah, she turns yeah. 30 because that's like mm. the whole... Yep, you're right. we were talking about yep. turning 30. In that yeah, episode. exactly. Yeah. She was 29 when the series starts. Yep, you're right. The pilot, so they make reference to her age. She's a little yes. younger. Yes. Which is common in TV. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like Zan. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Zan. Yeah. Um, the one line that we haven't talked about yet, but we talked about before... <laughs> Which is so good, and I just want to like put this out there as one of the best lines ever. It's like, "What white nonsense is this?" Yeah, <laughs> like, that was that's so good. Yeah, I think it Kane's comes up twice. Hanging out, like smoking cigars, and on, on her <laughs> hard-boiled egg diet. Oh my god, that was so disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, "You couldn't even make it through this conversation because he's already sitting on the stoop." Right. <laughs> Um, one thing I noticed, Titus is so good. Yes, Titus is the best. Um, one thing I noticed was that in this episode, Titus pronounced library correctly, which we talked about oh, in the yes. earlier episode. <laughs> um, He's working on it. Yes. He's got that straight man training. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, did you guys notice this is really random, and I meant to mention we're talking about Trista Faye. When, when Titus shows her the magazine cover, did you notice it was Spin Magazine? Oh, yes. no, I didn't. Like the exact yeah. same logo? Oh, yeah, I did. That's awesome. That was a good joke. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Another reason why I'm kind of like, I'm. It probably wouldn't have worked for multiple episodes, but there's just so many jokes to mine out of this. And it's, like, wonderful that the people who were in charge of writing this episode and directing it were, like, in that 30 Rock frame of rapid jokes and things that you don't necessarily get until someone else tells you about them later. Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't think I noticed that until the second time I watched it. Mm, Yeah. Yep, good stuff. 
Um, so yeah, that was a that was a good episode, you guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I laughed a lot at this one. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I think we're gonna wrap things up. But um, should, Stephanie, as oh, we sorry. should talk first about her gift that she brought. Oh, that's true, Perhaps. man. So Little Ponies, what do we got? <laughs> <laughs> so Giacomo brought... Fino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That song is actually super creepy when I it listened is. to it. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I played it for Meryl. Yeah, so yeah. not experience a fun song. it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I brought scrunchies for everyone. Yes. Um, so the three of us, we can wear scrunchies. But you also have one for Jeebus, one for Gosh, and one for the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you always, I mean, it's not what it says in, like, uh, I think in Matthew, always leave a scrunchie for Jeebus. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that. I'm, I'll have to check yeah. my verses. I mean, in the good book, yeah. The yeah. Andromedon by Matthew Crichton. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm so glad you remember that. Scrunchies <laughs> are. Oh, yeah, in the pocket Bible. I'm sorry. I can't stop talking about this episode. The pocket Bible that stopped a bullet in Vietnam. I'm first thinking, like, John Hamm was, like, an infant during Vietnam. I'm like, what the heck? And then I was like, oh, it happened in 94. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Great legacy, America. (laughs) It's great. Um, So I brought the scrunchies, but I also brought wine that, unfortunately, was not Pinot Noir, Mm. but uh, had horses running on it ponies it was pony pony wine wine, so that we could wear scrunchies and drink the power from the ponies and we've done this whole episode while riding stationary bikes just yes make sure i think that everyone should know that we put the mics on stands Mm -hmm. for this purpose so even though gina was kind of lying earlier and she said we're from the pod port (laughs) we just brought stationary bikes into the pod port yeah it got bigger pod cycle yeah, pod pod cycle. Cycle. Oh, I'll have to ask my landlord if that's allowed. <laughs> I, I have one more thing. I know I keep it this long, but man, when that stationary bike fell over, which is right, yeah, that would hurt. I know, it's just like, like going to break her leg. leg. I know, yeah. it's like, I don't know how oh, they you guys, that. have you not fallen on bikes? Because I've definitely done not the same thing. Not with my feet stuck to the pedal. Oh, right. okay. So, like the stationary part, like, that's heavy. The base are of heavy. that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I like, I have fallen just. On my bike, just yeah. like I'm stopped at a sign, and you just um, when I was riding over, my bike once you know. as a kid, the front wheel just came off. What? And so I was just riding my front wheel to roll away, <laughs> and the little like the spoke fork. thing, the fork yeah. that holds the tire in, just like hit the ground, and, like sparks were flying. Oh, out. My God. <laughs> Sounds pretty awesome. It was actually. probably really dramatic to watch. Yeah, but yeah. it's kind oh. of scary. It's like the. T- Sorry, I know we're going long. There was this great time when I was growing I had a, a scooter, um, and not like one of the Razor scooters, but like a much larger scooter, because um, this was the, the 90s, and sure. that's what we had then. Yeah. Uh, and my, my road is a dead end uh, growing up, but it went up a hill, um, and it was like I usually wouldn't ride up the hill because it was a lot of work, and I was like, <laughs> what's the point? Um, but the one and only time that I took my scooter up there, and like I rode it down, I could not stop it. And I did not understand. Like, oh, and no. I just, I was like, abandoned. And I just, just jumped, rolled, jumped, off jumped off, and of rolled into like the a tuck ditch. And roll? Yeah, uh, I did not do a great job at it. I still have some scars. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like laying in the ditch, <laughs> and then, like a neighbor finally came out and was like, "Oh my gosh, are you?" Okay? <laughs> I've probably been there for like fifteen to twenty minutes, just like oh, laying there. Oh. <laughs> and my scooter is like off, god. who knows where. <laughs> call my mom to like come pick me up and i'm like not i like down the street i'm not far from my house right. i'm just laying there <laughs> like we gotta we gotta yeah. drive her a block a block home yeah so i have some experience falling from 
wheeled vehicles or yeah. supposed to be wheeled vehicles. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we have a series of questions to ask you. Um, Gina, you want to lead off with the first one? Sure. Okay. So what television show do, do you hear good things about, people you like and respect, enjoy it, but you just cannot get into it or you just are not interested in getting into it? So I spent some time thinking about this yesterday. Um, so there are some shows that are crit- like lots of people watch them and I don't get it and they're not critically acclaimed. People, mm. Most people that I know don't watch them. Um, but they're like Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, Two and a Half Men, mm. which sounded like complete and utter garbage. Um, <laughs> so there are those kinds of shows. But I think in terms of like what my friends watch, what is yeah. like in this circle of white 20, <laughs> late 20 something, early 30 somethings, what we mm. like that I have not been able to get into is The Sopranos. Oh, mm. I tried. I tried watching it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend let me dvds so it wasn't even like i had to wait in between episodes but i just could not keep track of who everyone was i was like that's another fat white guy that is very difficult that part is tough with that i had to i watched it um with somebody who'd seen the whole series like a couple times and seen every episode a bunch of times so i had to keep asking like who wait who's that wait yeah or when they would refer to someone like oh paulie's i'm like who's that which one's that yeah Yeah, it's like that's another white dude yeah i couldn't and they all have italian names so it's like and nicknames and yeah, so that was really hard. Mm-hmm. So that's my answer. Sopranos. That's a good one. We haven't heard that yet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, your other Podfort guests have been Wrong. really lame and terrible. <laughs> They're all. all of them. Except for Alex, who said, the Alex, first Alex said Big Bang Theory. So he's the only one I agreed with thus far. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, question number two. If Stephanie Seskin was a character um, on a TV show or a movie, who would play you? Yeah, so this is another tough question, and I actually <laughs> asked a few friends what they thought, nice. and they gave me very flattering answers, <laughs> and then I thought of a couple of my own, so I have, like, seven answers for you, Wow! Yeah, and I'll let you guys decide. Okay. okay. Um, so one of the first answers that came up was Aubrey Plaza, which is- I could definitely ooh, see that for you. Very nice. flattering. Um, Lena Dunham, mm. although my friends were like, you're so pretty, and, like, less, like, and I'm like, no, I don't know. She's really <laughs> cute. And she's also way smarter than I am, but that's really nice. Um, Gabby Hoffman. I could see that. Mm, yep. Um, I think that my body hair situation is a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, agreed. Um, and then the last one that came up yesterday from a friend mm-hmm. was Rachel Lee Cook. Um, and then and the next question that? was... Uh, um, Wasn't she in She's All That? No, who am I thinking of? No, I thought that's... No, you're thinking... Her name is also Rachel, though, right? No, no, no. Wait, it is She's All That. that. Is, it's yeah, the one where yeah, she, yeah. like, wears overalls and glasses. Yeah, yes. and yeah She's takes, All That. Yeah. She takes off her glasses yeah. and she's gorgeous. She's yeah. Which, that movie, I always think, like, if, like, teenagers and, like, 20-somethings watch that today, they'd be so confused because her, like, before state is, like, way more closer to what's in style. Yeah. That's than hilarious. They're like, why did she go from, like, looking cool and hip to be, to looking, like, yeah. really dated and, like middle-aged <laughs> she hilarious. did like a reverse yeah i was thinking about that the other day anyway um, i could see rachel lee cook for you the next, next question that came though was is she even working well this would give her a job there you go <laughs> she's waiting <laughs> so for that, that call nice. so there's that and then the two that i thought of for myself mm-hmm. um which are also like incredibly gorgeous talented women that are 
leagues beyond what I could ever dream to be. Um, The first one was Janine Garofalo. Hmm. See that. Um, And the second is Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, good choices. I think of all of those, I think Aubrey Plaza. I really, yeah. As much as I want to give Rachel Lee Cook a job. (laughs) She'd be number two, but I think Aubrey Plaza would be my I think that's pretty good. I wouldn't have thought of that one, too. Yeah, that's a good one. Who came up with that? I'll ask you later. Anyway. (laughs) Shout outs to Aaron and Emily. The Holy Ghost came up with it. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. God said so. Okay, and our final question, as you know, is our most controversial. Is it soda or pop? So I actually feel like this question has not been controversial at all here. So far, the only soda has been Lee. Yeah. Oh, in Tahiti. Lee in Tahiti or soda. Yeah, that's true. I think it's because your guests are Midwestern. Yeah. But Tahiti is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Well, Michigan is a special state, especially that part of Michigan. But we all say pop. Where I grew up, we all said pop. But Tahiti and I have both converted to soda. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I am an outlier in that Mm. I grew up in the new york region yeah so it's obviously soda good that's the right answer it is the right answer (laughs) and when you look at the maps of where people say soda or pop the places where most people live they say soda because we're right (laughs) um but i did do a little bit of research i also spent some time with google um who uh, always gives the right answers no matter what what you click on um but the word pop is sometimes credited to Robert Southey, who is a British poet laureate, mm. who first used it in this context that they've found in a letter from 1812, um, which they, you know, it's is where they kind of source. It was obviously in use. Like he wrote about people calling it that from the sound that it makes when you would open the oh, bottles, sure. the pop mm. sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly. He, his name is also subject to some debate because people pronounce it differently in different regions <laughs> in no. Britain. So uh, I thought that was like a really nice little yeah. cap little on this on story it. where everyone who's come to the pod for it, except for two people, have been wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, Midwest. tell it like it is. Yep. Look, the Midwest is great for cheer, for cheese and beer, but not for words. Yeah. <laughs> bubbler. Did you guys even talk about bubbler? For- oh yeah. The water cooler. Wait, did Isn't water fountain? That's a oh the water fountain. Yeah, yeah like some people Milwaukee call that a bubbler. Thing. Yeah, it's a it's Wisconsin thing. Yeah, it's oh. not a Michigan. I thought it was a bubbler. South, a southern thing. I never heard bubbler until mm. I moved to Chicago. Yeah. I was like, oh, who in the what now? Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. a very regional Wisconsin thing. Yeah. Oh, I also heard they funny. say time machine for the ATM because I've heard a lot of what I know. Which at first I was like, that wait, any sense. it takes you back in time. But I guess there was a bank or like a brand of of. ATMs, it was T-Y-M-E, so everyone referred to it as the time machine. Because I remember I had an ex-boyfriend from Wisconsin in here, and his dad kept saying he had to go to the time machine. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, what is happening? I'm going to have money out. Yeah. Back in back in time. I've heard, I've heard multiple people from Wisconsin say that. It's way better than saying machine. Yeah, which is definitely like pin, like pin yeah. Yeah. We, we all roll our We didn't hear it here. Our, 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 our fewer fewer listeners. listeners. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm getting very tired on this station. I wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all. Namaste. <laughs> Thank you for being a guest. I'm so glad that you're here. You brought so much information and scrunchies. <laughs> so sweaty now. Wow. That's a good workout. Good workout, ladies. Um, Stephanie. My ponies. <laughs> yes. My ponies. Uh, Stephanie, where can we find you on the internet? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I have a lot of S's coming at you. <laughs> it's at S-A-Seskin, S-E-S-K-I-N. Uh, I mostly write about bicycling and walking and transportation issues and also get angry about urban planning stuff. <laughs> um, but if you also Google my name, you'll get half of the results for a flautist in a jazz, in a jazz band in New Jersey who's not me. What? Same spelling? Same, same spelling too? and everything. Wow. Um, the other half are mine, and I work hard every day to bring her down. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, other Stephanie. I've never met you. Well, someone might have Googled your name and got to this podcast thinking it's the flautist, and they've only listened to the whole only thing and now. only just now realized, damn it, this isn't my <laughs> friend the flautist. Sucker. Uh, sorry. sorry. Although I did play the flute in high school. Nice. So you're both, yeah. <laughs> All right, Meryl, um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find both you and the Addison Recorder slash Recorded in general? All right, cool. So, yeah, this podcast is the Addison Recorded, which is the official podcast of the Addison Recorder. And you can find Pop Culture Dispatches online at addisonrecorder.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Addison Recorded. I'm sorry, Addison Recorder. And you can find me, Meryl, at... On Twitter at Meryl Williams, M-E-R-Y-L. Gina, where can we find you? I am at Mercury Marie 5 on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and you can find the unofficial podcast at the Belmont Recorded. But um, sh- oh, oh. <laughs> I was really confused. I was like, hey, what is this podcast? I want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're starting it later after we've had the pony wine. After hours. It's true. <laughs> yeah, the Addison recorded after dark. <laughs> um, and of course, a special shout out to the Pleasure Centers who gifted us our lovely theme song. You can find them at soundcloud.com slash pleasure centers. So thank you, Stephanie, so much for being here. Thanks. You're an awesome guest. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you hear us we won't hear you on Thursday <laughs> alright thanks guys do you feel the way I